Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch uh, this other the second trailer? I posted on the. Oh no, page. not the second trailer. I did see the first one. It's really good. Um, I, yeah, I it's really, really like it. Yeah, it's creepy. Uh, the second one's really quite creepy. So. Um, got like a, a twist, almost a, doing something maybe refreshing with the slasher genre. Right. Is that what you got out of it? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's totally a, a, genre, a slasher fan. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to talk to him about. You know, I love, I love indie filmmakers. You know, movie makers. You know. Yeah. When it's done right, it's it's magnificent. When it's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I make schlock, and I make no excuses for it. That's you know, that's, uh, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. You know, this is these are meant to be cheesy movies, and uh, hey, what do you want for 135 dollars? You know. Right on, man. But I think there's, they're they're still fun, you know. That's the whole point, you know. We're having yeah, a good time. Everybody has fun when they when they're involved in it. And, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. Quest for Uranus turned out really really well, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was so happy with it. So I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I got some new new uh, background stuff going on. Oh back. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, nice. and I got um, that's the mummy that. that uh, Sean Kennedy drew uh, Doctor Tar, Tar's feather, oh, yeah. and then uh, War of the Gargantuas, uh, Shin Godzilla, and then uh, Johnny Sacco, and there's other ones. Hey Isaiah, how's it going, man? Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys. Hi Isaiah, well. nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. We are going to have a good time today. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is the um, the first podcast um, interview that, that I'm having in regards to talking about the, the film. And um, I'm actually later on tonight, I, I think I might have mentioned it, but um, I'm throwing a little mini rave here just to kind of promote the film and uh, show the trailer and BTS and stuff like that. So today's a, 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 a fun day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big media day for you. Excellent. Well, yeah. I'm glad we could be the first podcast to uh, to help help you know showcase you and your movie and and get the word out for sure for sure thank you so much yeah where are you uh, located i am based in atlanta georgia oh, okay yeah well a little too far for us we're 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 in northern ohio so we couldn't come down to the rave <laughs> though if we were local I, you know we we would yeah. definitely come down you know awesome yeah 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 maybe next time next time <laughs> yes yes crash yeah. a party yeah that's yeah. right that's right um yeah, I mean, we, we were going to swing down to uh, Greenville, South Carolina to pick up some pizza anyway at Miles. Uh, hey, Atlanta's only a few hours from Greenville. You know, so Only a few hours. Not, you know, you can stop by, you know, dance a little bit, party a little bit. And <laughs> that's then right. right <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that, that sounds good, man. Looking forward to that. So, um, well, do you have any questions before or for us before we uh, get going or are uh, um, you ready to rock and roll? Questions? No, I'm such a, I'm such a, like a go with the flow, natural person. Like, I don't like to, to like conversations like this. I don't like to like try to pre-plan too much. I really am just a natural go with the flow. Energy yeah. Person. Yeah. Same here. Um, <laughs> if you ever do watch any of our shows that are not interviews, nothing's planned. I mean, other than our <laughs> own material, we just, yeah, we just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, fun. I for interviews, it's important to know what questions you're going to ask. I mean, that's oh, that's important. But <laughs> but otherwise, when it's just usually there's one or two more of us, um, 
and you know like our last week's we have this ongoing series called um slugfest where mm -hmm. we have compared two albums to one another and okay. we do like, like a track at a time kind of like a boxing match okay. so round one we all do our takes on both songs we tell which one is the winner and we just kind of work our way through the album but uh you know we do all kinds of things like that you know and it's, it's no scripts at all uh, just our own notes so i i totally get that that's that's part of the fun it is. No. It's more. It's more natural that way. I feel. It feels less scripty. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. And and I heard, was it yesterday or something that most podcasts are scripted? And I'm like, what? How? Wow. That's crazy. I, we, we we couldn't do that. I mean, you know, Shop Top and I and the other ones. We're we're like you know longtime friends, 30, 40 years. So we you know, we just have all this history and we know each other. So that our banter comes from knowing one another and just, right. you know, and, and just busting each other's balls and just having fun, you know? So, right. you know, it's it just, I, I think if we tried to script it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't feel, yeah. 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 Unnatural. Not, not, not too, not too there. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. All right, Isaiah. Well, we're going to, we're going to do our intro and then um, we'll start this ball rolling. How's that? All right. Let's go. Sounds fun. <laughs> Excellent. All right. This is Carl from now, and you are watching and listening to the heavy metal. <clears throat> I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top. Keep it heavy and horrifying. And you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Oh, kitties. We've got a great show for you today. We've got indie horror filmmaker, writer, producer, actor, Isaiah Rice. Isaiah Welcome to Heavy Metal Horror. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Wow, that was the intro. Wow. Like, I was like oh, wow, writer, producer. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, like, that. Well, so, you're, so special. You're yeah, welcome, he's man. To get, he's ready to get out of the show now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I've done a, I've done three indie low-budget movies as well they're 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 comedy horrors you know they're not straight horror like what you're doing but the two movie posters behind me these are posters from two of my movies i've got monster party beach which is like a 60s bikini beach movie with a rubber suit monster and then quest for uranus which is like a 50s sci-fi you know uh flick in black and white you know but you know, that one cost me 135 dollars to make i mean that's that's how low the budget is <laughs> and that was buying a green screen you know so and that covered That's all part the, of it was i co-starred in it so yeah chop top was in it um <laughs> that that like bought all the urinutions costumes you know i mean hey that, that went far that they're 135 dollars went a long way uh so no, yeah so i get it so let's let's talk a little bit about your background um yeah. and uh, you had said you were from atlanta georgia <laughs> and uh, you know why we found is people who want to make movies tend to love movies. I mean, that's why you want to make them. So let's talk about the first movie you ever fell in love with. Ooh, the first movie, I'm, I'm of course, I'm gonna go with the first horror movie. The first horror movie that I fell in love with, um, only because I distinctively remember watching it in theaters with my parents. 
um, <laughs> was uh, Scream. Um, that movie came out in 1996. I was born in 1993. So I distinctively remember uh, being in the movie theater with my parents and, and watching it. And I don't know, I don't know if that's bad parenting on their part for letting a three-year-old watch a horse. <laughs> I was like, I was like doing the math, like, wait a minute, you were three watching Scream? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Those, those are wonderful parents. <laughs> that's oh, right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no. So I remember that was kind of like the first horror movie that I fell in love with. And I think I fell in love with it, honestly, because it was just so slashers just were so entertaining to me at, at, at a young age I mean especially in the 90s I think but slasher movies in the 90s kind of really kind of revamped a little bit I think from the from the 80s yeah. so I felt like Scream was kind of like the first horror film that I saw and I was like wow like this mass killer and the story's so good and there's running and they're screaming and it's like you don't know who it is and the storyline so I just really kind of fell in love with with slashers so I mean the 1990s slashers I mean I just love so much so Scream I know you did last summer Urban Legend The Faculty Halloween H2O um, I mean I think that 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 period in time I believe Kevin Will, Wilson Wilson I believe he was um, writing all those, uh, a lot of those main projects. So um, yeah, no, Scream was kind of like the first horror movie, slasher movie that, that I watched. And I was like, wow, I really enjoy horror movies. <laughs> nice, nice. So is that your favorite movie now, Scream? Or if not, what is your favorite movie? Oh, gosh, what is my favorite? That, that's a hard one. Um, it doesn't have to be horror. It could be any genre. My favorite favorite movie that that that's hard to say. I'm a I'm a I'm a say. I'm I'm gonna just keep it with Scream. I'm I'm gonna keep it with Scream. The, sure. the original, the original. I'm not I'm not going to talk about all know. the sequels. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen like the last two. I I, yeah. I didn't even know they kept on making them. I'm like, what? There's another Scream? I, wow, you know, yeah. like I just kind of lost touch um, yeah. with it. But that first one's really great. You know, yeah, Wes Craven, think, it's yeah. funny, it's, 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 it pulls you in, it's yeah. self-aware, you know, it kind of Very breaks right. that, it doesn't quite break, it doesn't break the fourth wall, but it, it's, the characters are self-aware about they're in a horror film, you know, totally. that, that's totally. that kind of self-reflexivity, uh, to be a, bring in an academic term, um, that, that's what, you know, that's, makes it fun, but, um, yeah, and what I, one thing I noticed about the 90s slasher films, they are considerably less bloody than the 80s. Ones. So you think of like Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. which is just like a gore fest. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's like these these shots, like the literal, you know, like the money shots are like the blood spurts and the gore and viscera coming out, you know, and then Scream is is fairly bloodless. Mm. You know, I mean, not not really too bloody at all. Um, at least it's not gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, like what, like watching that, like watching it now about it, and thinking about you know all the special effects we have today and, and the gore. You think of stuff like Saw. Um, I feel like what what made that movie so still so popular. I really think it was the the, the storyline and just it had a very kind of tongue in cheek aspect to it, to where it didn't need to be. I think as gory as like the movies, the slasher movies that were present in the 1980s. I mm -hmm. think it was present in the 1980s because it really, you know, the late 1970s, 1980s, when it came to slasher movies, that was kind of like the first depiction of really kind of showing this new genre in horror. And I think that gore was kind of like a, uh, 
a shock factor. It kind of like made people disgusted. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're depicting this on film, but it also made them want to go see it as, as, as well. Sure. I mean, I, when I was a kid, um, I saw the movie Scanners when I was like in eighth grade. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen Scanners or not. No, okay. It's about people who have telepathic and telekinetic abilities. And there's this one scene where they can affect physical bodies. <laughs> and there's a scene, I won't, I won't spoil it all for you, like when it happens. But there's a scene where one scanner uh, blows this other person's head up. <laughs> it just oh shows God. it, like, just utter, like, blows. And I sat, I was like 13 years old. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and I grew up watching horror from my earliest days, you know, watching Universal Horror and Hammer Horror. But this, I'm like, oh, Oh fuck! I I want to learn how to do that. I want to blow people's heads up, you know, with you know, and learn like makeup effects. So I was obsessed with all the anything I could watch, all the gore effects, anything like that, because I wanted to figure out how it's done, you yeah. know. So I, I I totally get that. That's why the main difference, you know, we see in these movies, they're not as not as bloody, but the suspense is still there. Yeah, and and the tension is still there, mm-hmm. you know, which is really mm-hmm. fun. So. Um, well, now that we got your favorite mm-hmm. film, what is your least favorite movie? Least favorite movie? Oh gosh. Um, my least favorite movie. My least favorite film. Honestly, I would say. Okay. It's a part of a um, it's a part of a, a, a trilogy. Um, it's to, it's um, I'll always know what you did last summer. It's mm. the third movie from the I know what you did last summer franchise. And this is why it's my it's it, it's it's not my favorite. And sometimes why I feel like when we get into the sequels and the trilogies, it can be a hit or miss. Um, the first two I felt like were, were great. I, I love the storyline. I'm very similar to Scream. That whole like kind of who did it. Um, I love the sequel because it starred, um, you know, Brandy in it, you know, it was for me as a kid kind of seeing, um, at that time in the nineties, I mean, Brandy was like this big R&B sensation. So mm-hmm. to kind of see someone I related to be in a, this slasher horror movie, it was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but I'll always know what you did last summer. That was my least favorite, honestly, because I just felt like they were not really trying to, um, they weren't really trying to kind of keep that same suspense and energy that I felt like was present with the first two. And I think sometimes, honestly, that can kind of be a, a, bigger, a bigger critique on when we do these kind of sequels and trilogies that go straight to DVD. <laughs> you sure. know, no, no, no offense to, uh-huh. to any of those, you know, but I think, I think sometimes as horror fans, we kind of, we, we, we don't look forward to the, the trilogies, especially if it's a straight to DVD situation. Cause it's kind of like, sometimes you just got to leave things well, like where they are. You don't need to kind of, you know, revamp, revamp it or continue it. I think sometimes you just got to, gotta leave it as is so i would say that's probably one of my least favorite horror movies okay yeah it makes sense i didn't know there was a third one i've seen the first two i didn't know there was a third one um and i i was there mostly for jennifer love hewitt so you know i I can't um you know uh do you have a favorite director director um rest in peace west craven 
Wes Craven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I like grew up watching a lot of his films. Um, and I feel like, I felt like as a director, he just had a certain type of, he just had a certain type of eye that just felt like very, uh, it felt very fresh and young and different and attractive. Um, I mean, I feel like I've seen a lot of Wes Craven's, um, a lot of his movies, um, even like, um, you know, there was Cursed. I felt, I felt like that was his first kind of werewolf movie, mm-hmm. like that came out, I believe, back in 2004. I liked that. Um, he, had an, he had another slasher one that came out, I believe, in 2011, um, My Soul to Take. Um, gosh, um, Vampire in Brooklyn, you know, the, uh, yeah, that was right? the first kind of kind of black vampire film um, that he he directed. And I remember like watching that and thinking, oh, wow, like he kind of has a bit of a um, inclusive mindset. And if you look at a lot of his um, films, I do like how he's kind of added um, black characters into mm-hmm. his film in a way that didn't feel um in a way that didn't feel stereotypical. It didn't okay. feel very exploitive or anything like sure. that. It was very much um, just kind of normal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Wes Craven, rest in peace. Like I would say he's one of my favorite black directors. Okay, nice. Well, speaking of black vampire films, have you seen Blackula? The original from the 1970s? Origin- yes, oh, the original yeah. Blackula. So, yeah, so, I ha- so I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't sat down to watch the whole thing. Um, I did watch a... Um, a horror documentary on it that was kind of talking about the the black horror films of the 1970s and yes. how it was pretty much that period of um um black um exploitation black, yeah the black exploitation right exactly exactly yeah. so like very familiar with just kind of what that did in regards to showing blackness in mm-hmm. horror in, in, a, in a different way for sure yeah blackula uh chop and i will agree blackula is one of our favorite horror movies um, Ooh, it. yeah it, it is so well done and mama walde is like the baddest ass motherfucker you know you would ever want to meet <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like the coolest vampire ever you know yeah. um it's a different screen presence than christopher lee or mm-hmm. you know than bella lugosi it, it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just his own his own vampire you know and and it it definitely it's a reflection of the time you know the early 70s but yeah. it's also kind of transcendent because it's a vampire story those right. those themes are still there they're kind of echoing around and so there's like one shot my skin's kind of crawling just thinking about it there's one shot that chop and i know we had to slow down and watch a couple of times because it scared us but there's a scene that's really effective and really mm-hmm. scary that takes place in the uh and it was at the police station or i think it was or oh, the hospital but yeah yeah i know it's like yeah. it's so good um so yeah, yeah the, the lady comes well, back don't spoil it yeah don't oh, spoil it okay okay yeah. maybe isaiah's not but... seen it but yeah, yeah you're, that's exactly <laughs> the scene right okay. chop yeah it's so good uh so if, when you get a chance to watch it i i think it's worth the watch um yeah really good movie um yeah. well what is it about horror that you like like what appeals to you about the horror genre you know i think it's that feeling of even when I think about you know going to a haunted house for me I think it's that feeling of being um scared as shit oh, I can curse right is that uh, yeah okay. <laughs> you can say <laughs> any well. words you want yeah we have we swear okay. a lot yeah so bring it on man too. we don't care <laughs> can't say anything we uh, haven't heard before <laughs> yeah I think I think it's that feeling that internal feeling of being scared as shit 
but then at the end of the day, knowing that everything's going to be okay. Sure. It's like this very weird, like, thrill factor um, for me. Um, it it, it kind of almost feels like a, like, like a, like a, a high, right? It's kind of like that feeling of being afraid, um, but knowing, like, nothing is real. It's all entertaining. Um, nothing really is going to happen to you. And just kind of watching that on, on, on film, I think is, is, is really cool. And what draws me, draws me to horror. I think what draws me to slasher movies in particular is there's something about, <laughs> there's something about somebody with um, a mask, um, a knife, an ax, a sword, whatever the, whatever the weapon of choice may be and whatever the mask of choice may be, um, just kind of killing people that is just, horrifying to me because it it, it kind of feels like that could really happen right you know um kind of sometimes some of the horror films that kind of deal with more so of that kind of supernatural psychological element um they're still awesome and they're still you know great but i think something about slasher films feels very real right i mean when you think about serial serial killers now um uh, you know famous ones we think about like a like a a Ted Bundy or a, um, gosh, what's the one that they're doing a Netflix documentary on um, that Evan Peters is playing? I forgot what, what the what the guy's name Bill, is. Bill, or John Wayne Gasing? No, um, his last name starts with the Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, Dahmer. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, you think about those kind of serial killers. Like, they were actually... Um, you know, out here murdering people and, and, and multiple people at that. And so it's kind of like, it's this weird fascination of like, hey, even though we're watching this on film, um, some of this stuff is kind of derived from real life events and can actually happen. So it's kind of like watching watching something and realizing, hey, mm-hmm. this is kind of, this could be kind of true. So sure, that's what kind of draws me to it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, uh, and I like what you said about horror films that provide us that <clears throat> sense of we, we can be terrified, but we know we're ultimately we're safe, you mm-hmm. know, it, 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 mm-hmm. and that we can face those fears. And ultimately, all horror films are about confronting our own death, our own mortality in a number of yeah. grisly ways, you know, right. um, and just so that we can kind of live through that and come through it feeling, okay, well, at least yeah bad there are things that are bad in my life but i'm not like that poor sucker who was getting yeah, chopped up yeah. you know <laughs> right well, right I, I was gonna agree with you monte it's, it's like it's a release for the audience the participant you know in the horror mm-hmm. you know, the event and stuff because it does make it helps us confront you know our own mortality and then by that you know we actually get that we purge that out through the viewing of the film or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah i think it, i was gonna agree with you on that you're dead on with that helps us cope with our own fears oh yeah certainly and you know some of our best horror films have come like what you had said isaiah like you know these are things like real serial killers like you'd mentioned jeffrey dahmer but i think like ed gein uh from out Mm. in wisconsin who who i mean the character of leatherface from texas chainsaw massacre is based on ed gein and um same thing with um norman bates in psycho is based on ed gein so we have you know these horrific real life people turn into these these kind of seminal and archetypal horror characters again with the mask you know and i think that's what what the horror is realizing that these people 
the mask is that they're putting on the sense of normalcy. Like, yeah. you know, Ed Gein just walked around. He was a, a farmer in Wisconsin, just walked around town. You would never know that he was dealing with, a you know, a, a, a mother fetish and and yeah. kept his mother's corpse and then was, you know, kidnapping and killing women and taking their skins off to make a suit, you know, oh, yeah. um, you, you know, just just dancing like, around with them. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I think that's that's maybe that mask personified, mm-hmm. you know, Jason or or Michael Myers or, you yeah. know, in your killer that that burlap sack, yeah. you know, which yeah. is really creepy, by the way, because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. trailers, trailers look great. Yeah, by the trailers way. Are, are so much are so good. Uh, just just the simplicity of it, you know, because it dehumanizes. Yeah. Uh, to a way and and i think it's why they also wear like like michael myers and jason both kind of wear these like these outfits like it, whether it's a uh, you know cover coveralls or something like that they kind of there's it's a vague figure there's you know it's it's not it's, it's just like a shape you know yeah. that kind of belies their size you know um yeah. it adds to that you horror. know my on, on that point my favorite jason it's gonna be probably controversial but i liked him with the, the potato sack burlap bag in part two yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. You know, the hockey mask thing just became so. It's like, okay, then so they're seen it, seen it, done it. Seen yeah. It. But that was the one that, the film that sticks out in the franchise. It was just like it was. It was truly terrifying, and it yeah. was such a cool look for him. So I really liked that. Sorry to interrupt, but I no, I no. Hey, yeah, That's I good. agree with that. Part one, part two. Yeah, it, it, and then everything I think after that felt very like like kind of what you said. Um, it's kind of like, okay, expected mundane, but something about those first two was just, it felt different with the mom being the killer than the the, the different type of mask. I mean, going back to Scream, right? Uh, right. Yeah, Drew Barrymore thought she was going to survive when when the, when the killer asked, hey, who's who's the killer? And, and, and Friday the 13th, 13th, she said, Jason, Jason. Like, it's Jason. I watched that movie a hundred fucking times. It's Jason. He was like, no, <laughs> actually, it's his mother. And so, like, yeah, I feel like yeah. those first two definitely. And then, then that whole like Carrie ending where Jason comes out of the water that that just scared the yeah. shit out of me when I yeah. saw it in the theater. You know, I just like, oh fuck. Um, no, I Is get Jason, it. Would you say you know like after kind of understanding Jason a little bit, I'm kind of like you know, Jason was just a, a a victim of his environment. You know, like he, I don't think he he wasn't born trying to kill you know kill people like you know his environment and being at the at the cabin and the counselors and being made fun Holy. of it was kind of like revenge in a way yeah it mm-hmm. it's it, it reminds me a little bit of something that would be a good j horror he's like a ghost a tormented spirit who's mm-hmm. trapped in this place you know like if you see Zhuan or or the ring you know ringu yeah and those those kind of spirits are connected to a place and and because yeah. he died and was terrified and all those horrible things his spirit's not at rest you know and so he's just coming back for revenge um mm-hmm. on a side note i don't know if you ever, if you ever watch american horror story but if you get a chance to see american horror story in 1984 you are going to oh, love it yes oh, yes wow. that's it. No. okay yes so not so american horror story 1984 <laughs> um well the, the american horror story franchise anyway um but my favorite are coven in 1984 but i love 1984 because it was just such i think a um a thank you um, to just the 1980s, that decade of, of horror films. And I feel like it really attracted people, um, you know, millennials in my generation. Because, I mean, we, we know about those films, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of us are more so focused on the 1990s horror films. Yeah. So 
to kind of see them kind of give ode to those films and those franchises, but still make it um, theirs. Um, it really, you know, that, that 1984, it also kind of attracted me to, to do what I'm doing right now with He's Watching You, just that whole kind of fill in the woods and 1980s aesthetic. So yeah, 1984 right. was definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's a great series. I love that one. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's a nod to us oldsters who lived through the 80s, um, <laughs> you know, but but that's a that's a great segue because I wanted to start asking you questions about he's watching you um, now what from the trailers that I've seen and I they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it definitely has the hallmarks of an 80s slasher film. I mean, the setting you got a cabin in the woods. I mean, you can't get any more 80s slasher than a cabin in the woods. And then the music is so spot on that to make it feel like, okay, we've stepped back in a time machine. We've gone back, you know, 35, 40 years, and we are back at Camp Crystal Lake in a whole new way, yeah. you know? So yeah. what is it about that 80s era of slasher films that, that you really wanted to try to emulate like why because i know you love the 90s but yeah. what was it about the 80s that you said you know i want to make an 80s slasher film yeah yeah 100 i feel like the 80s just had i mean that whole decade was just such a i think when i look back on it um at least from things i've seen it felt like it was such a vibrant fun creative free like time period um, and and with the horror movies that 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 came out at that at that time, I mean they were just so gory and raw. But I felt like they were gory and raw on a low budget. And so like under understanding that, um, I and, and just the the eighties in general, those films just have a very artistic, creative um, aesthetic to them that, you know, now in 2022, we look at and it's, it, it's, it's very vintage. It's, it's cool. Um, it's, you know, hipster or whatever the case may be. I, I think about the most recent horror film that, that I saw that was kind of giving old to um, a little bit of the late 1970s horror films, more so Texas Chainsaw Massacre was um, X. I don't know if you guys saw that um, or heard of it. But um, it was kind of given ode to um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to a degree in, in regards to how it was filmed. And it had that very 70s grain, grainy feel. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but I think just that time period with horror films, they were just so, it, it was a grindhouse feel to them. It was just a very just raw, um, fun, um, gory feel that just kind of really attracted me that I think it's hard to do I feel like it's, it's, it's a little hard to do with the 90s because the 90s still feel not too long ago. So it's kind of like if, if someone was trying to um, recreate a 90s horror film and let you know that it's 90s, um, it, it, it still may feel current. Whereas, whereas with, I think, 80s horror films, it, I mean, from the, from the uh, grindhouse to the grainy film aesthetic to what the characters are wearing to the music to, to the gore to the you know the extremely cheesy acting like I feel like it just 80s horror movies are really just a brand of their own mm -hmm. yeah and you think of some of the stars that get started in those films um mm -hmm. you know Kevin Bacon um who was in the first Friday 13th yeah um you know other other Corey stars Feldman. 
right who you know came out of that and yeah they they had to be inventive because uh, there wasn't a big budget and that right. makes sense now why is this in a cabin because it, it's not too expensive to build a cabin set and and when a lot of your budget goes to like pumping out gallons of fake blood yeah. you know that's that's not uh that's, you know, that's not a bad waste of money you know because yeah. people are going to come see that you know um but to getting back into he's watching you you know yeah. your movie's main characters are black and queer yeah. and and i, I want to talk about how important it was to for you to have this yeah. representation um yeah. in, in in your movie particularly in a horror film yeah yeah no that was i mean that was that was so key for me right because um as kind of mentioning in, in, in the conversation earlier, you know, I am this, you know, black gay man who grew up watching um, horror movies that his parents let him watch at three years old, you know? So like, <laughs> I, you know, it, it was, it was something that I think, <clears throat> you know, isn't really kind of um, spoken about in regards to, you know, black people who love horror and love horror in regards to the films that are very classic and that are, stereotype to have more of a wider audience right mm -hmm. and so like you know I, I grew up on these movies I, I just always loved them and I just remember you know watching them and and just getting excited anytime I saw someone who looked like me not only in the film but then also survived too right so, sure because like, that I, becomes I like a trope I, I mean, it the fact that, know. right, they even make fun of it, you know, like in, and I've seen some other movies, you know, yeah. where the black character will say, I'm not going in there because I know I'll be the first one to die. I mean, you know, <laughs> right, exactly. 100, yeah. 100%, you know, it, it, it becomes this, this, this trope. So it's like anytime I, I did see someone who looked like me in a horror film that was not, uh, that was just a little bit more kind of mainstream um it, it, it I, I just felt related to it you know as I mentioned like one of the first sure. black characters I saw in a horror film was was Brandy and I still know and I still know what you did last summer she survived so mm -hmm. for me it was about really showcasing people who look like me and identify like me in these films that we're used to seeing um but doing it in a way that's kind of like oh We've always kind of seen the same type of characters, blonde hair, blue eyes, Susie and David, you know, we kind of know what these things are, but what does it look like when we put these same aesthetics, these, the same storyline just on a, um, in this case, a, a, a couple who just happened to do, who happened to be black and queer, you know, mm -hmm. two black men in love which is something you already don't see in general I right. think, on television, regardless whether it's horror, comedy, action, drama. The image of two Black men being in love with one another or being in a relationship with one another is still a very kind of foreign concept. So I sure. feel like with this film, it's kind of really tackling a lot of different things, but it's doing it in a way to where it's not saying, hey, the focus of, of this film is going to be on the fact that they are queer. The focus of this film is going to be on the fact that they are, you know, two, two Black men. Like, the storyline has nothing to do with their identities. They just right. happen to be this identity right. in this really fucked up situation. Sure. Rather than, because, you know, sexuality was always part of the Friday the 13th franchise. And there was always yeah. this assumption, this a given mm -hmm. for yeah. for. for heteronormalcy i mean that's what right. they were really really kind to do so mm -hmm. um 
you know, that's what was made me so very excited to to have you on the show because I know you're you're really kind of breaking fresh ground here, which which is, yeah. I mean, it's great, but it's also very kind of sad to say that it's 2022 and you're breaking ground right. with this. But right. do you think that you know? in the scheme of things in our lifetimes that a character's race or sexual orientation will ever become non-issues. Do you think that will just come to the point where it's just normed enough that it doesn't matter? Because like you said, the storyline doesn't, doesn't change. And, and I've interviewed other writers in another podcast and, and some of them are gay writers who write, horror stories. The characters Mm -hmm. just happen to be queer, but, but that's, it, it, for them, it's like it's a non-issue. It's like, no, no, yeah. they just have, because that's where they're coming from. But yeah. the story doesn't change just because this is a gay character in peril. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I think, I think, in, in in that essence, do I think we'll get to a point? Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think my thing is it's about uh, creating room at the table for all of these different kind of voices and experience to kind of experiences to kind of like come together as one. Um, you know, with what I'm doing right now with Heath watching you, a lot of people kind of, the, the idea of it, um, people kind of compare it to um, Jordan Pill. I was which, gonna ask about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, which, yeah. To, to Jordan Pill, and I think, and, and that, and that's, a, I mean, that's a compliment for me. Like, I, I love Jordan Pill. Like, as an actor, I would love to be in a Jordan Pill project manifesting that you, know, you should reach out to him i mean seriously with this movie and just 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 throw him out an invite send him a trail or do something let him know that you're out here making these movies um because his movies are really good they are know? and, and they unsettling are. uh just unsettling because he does touch on those things of that uh, issues with race yeah that, that most of us in america people who look like me are yeah. really uncomfortable with dealing with because we're, yeah. we're we're trying to find our place we're right. trying to be you know a lot of us are trying to be better but it's right. still really uncomfortable because it, it, we yeah. have to un, we have to open this giant can of all kinds of worms mm-hmm. you know yeah. um but but it's he does it in a way that is just hits that nerve like mm-hmm. drilling into a tooth yeah. but it's you know and that's why I think his movies are so effective. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. Of- and I think in, in, in going to to um, what I was going to say in regards to his films, I, I, I love his films for that reason. I think Jordan Peele and anything he does, he's found his voice in saying, hey, not only am I, not only am I going to normalize um, Black bodies and now people of color, because even in Note, the, some of the other main characters was um, a Latino guy, I believe, and an Asian man. So, like, mm-hmm. you're putting these bodies in these horror films that we really um, haven't seen before. And so he's, it feels like he's always going to have a, a social, racial, political understatement behind it, which I think is so dope. Um, I think for me specifically, um, I feel like what I wanted to do with this in regards to horror, I feel like me not me not saying, oh, I'm going to have a serial killer who's killing them because they're queer, or I'm going to have a serial killer um, kill them um, because they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're Black or whatever the case may be. Um, I feel like taking away that focus in my, in my head, in my mind, I feel like it allows you to normalize it because now you're 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 not the focus is not about um their their identity in regards to their their race or their sexuality 
It's just, they're, they're just people. And I think when you start to look at marginalized identities, marginalized bodies as people, that's literally how you normalize things, right? You, you start to realize, oh, okay, yeah, they're, yeah, they're different. Yeah, they're, they're, they're queer, but you know, they love just like I do, or they go through the same things just like I do. And, I, and in with these watching you, I think the biggest thing I wanted to do also was kind of show this relationship between these two characters and kind of show what they're going through in, in, in a sense of, it doesn't matter how you may identify with um, gender identity or sexual orientation. If you're in a romantic relationship with somebody, you have issues, you're gonna have problems. And I hope that when people do watch the film that they can look at it and be like, I can relate to Sydney's character. I've been that person in a relationship or I can relate to Ryan's character. I've been that person in a relationship. And now you're just, you're, you're, you're just normalizing it. So it's now, it's not this whole thing of, oh my God, they're, they're, they're gay. And it, you know, that's going to be the entire storyline. So that's not something I wanted to do, but I think with, with how Jordan Peele does it, he does it in a way, he's going to include those things, but he's doing it in a way to make a very powerful statement, which I think mm-hmm. is like really dope. So even though we're kind of different in how we're doing our, 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 our filmmaking, I think in the bigger picture of things, it's still bringing Black bodies into a space of horror in a way that we haven't seen it before. Right. I mean, not not since the 70s, what, you know, when you had the, the black exploitation films, right. and there was right. there was a whole subsect of, of black horror films, you know, horror films mm-hmm. directed and helmed and written and starred in with with black actors, yeah. black writers, black special yeah. effects uh, yeah. people, you know, um, and and uh, so it's like a it's like a resurgence or a renaissance in a, in a way, 100%. but it's also they're not exploitative. 100%. that regards it's just you have people who are re- being more represented 100%. um yeah which which is which is fantastic like that's i'm that's you're like on the cutting edge of doing things that are 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 i think are gonna what bring a lot of attention to the movie and to you and i hope in a good way good way you know, right <laughs> you know um but no it's awesome because you know sex our sexuality is, is such a small part of who we are awesome. as people awesome. but i think I think we obsess so much about sexual identity in this country. And maybe it has to do with all the puritanical stuff that came over with, you know, with the early settlers and, and, and the, the church and, and all those kinds of things um, that you're right on it. You're right on. Yeah. And, and all the whole, a whole original sin and the sins right. of the flesh, yes. all that garbage, yes. you know, yes. and, and it, you know, and it just becomes uh, just like a bastardization of, you know, this religious horribleness that comes over, but it's just like, you know, it's just a small part of, of, of who we are as, as people, yeah. just yeah. like, you know, I, someone liking a sports team and someone not liking sports at all that's a slim sliver of who they are yeah but you know but we tend to focus on this you know we hyper focus on sexuality or or skin color you know all those things like that and uh yeah but i'm I'm hopeful that with movie directors like you and and jordan peele and and trying to normalize these in a way that it may be not it's going to take a couple generations i think before everyone's just like what the fuck were we so right. concerned about, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, but exactly. it's exciting to see these voices and that, you know, and that, so it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, let me, let me talk a little bit or ask you about, uh, just going to ask you some like 
other like hypothetical questions and just other yeah. kinds of things like uh yeah. This is what? fun. I'm having a good time. Oh, good. Yeah, so are we. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is awesome. Um, so what's the one movie you wish you had directed or produced? Mm. Oh. Jeepers Creepers. Oh, okay. Be Jeepers eating you. Creepers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 um, gosh, you know, the first, the, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to trilogy slander or anything like that. I love the first two. I love the first two. Um, I would say, I would say, I would say if I could have written that one, what I probably would have done is I would have, of course, kept the same storyline. But I would love to see that be in the first one, if, um, the brother and sister, if it was, you know, kind of my brand. Oh, let's switch it up. Let's just, what if it was a, a a black brother and sister? And when I when when I say that, I I and I don't mean in the sense of oh, since now the main characters are going to be a black brother and sister, we have to um, make it stereotypical. You know, sure. we have to kind of, you know, tie some things back from like like we were talking about that whole exploitive 1970s with black um horror films or even i remember like even in the early 2000s late 90s there was like leprechaun in the hood or, you know, yeah right scary, yeah, yeah. which we've like, seen uh, we've seen yeah <laughs> one was it was it <clears throat> who was it because he pulls he pulls a knife out of his out of his afro <laughs> was it Snoop Dogg or who was it playing him? I forget who it was. Or was it Tales from the Hood? There was someone who yeah. who pulls out this huge machete. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, come on, <laughs> yeah. come on, it, it, man. It, it, it just feels, yeah, I know so it was a parody. It almost became parody. Yeah. It's like it, it's like, okay, we're doing this for comic effect. Right. You know, right, right. right. Yeah, but I would yeah. say I feel like that would be kind of cool to see that be a focus on just, you know, a regular black brother. Um, and sister and like maybe yeah. how they they navigated that 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 um that horror of this like creature just like um sure. trying to attack them because i feel like like i said for me I'll, I'll literally and it's so simple but i'll literally just look at these horror films that i love and i'm just like what would this look like if it were you know um a a, a black lead or a black couple um or our people of color and just keep the same aesthetic Keep the same story. Keep the same cinematography. Keep all of that. Just uh, they just happen to be this identity. Um, and I think that just would have been. I don't know. I feel like that would have been so fun to see. Just a dynamic, a, di- a dynamic between a um, a, a black brother and a sister, and kind of like this 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 horror film, like like Jeepers Creepers. I think that sure. would be fun. Oh yeah, nice. Um, what a list actor would you really love to score for your next movie? Hmm. So this is the this is the the that the actor part coming out of out of me right now, just because I think he's done such a good job in um, Jordan Pills movies and the other movies he's he's played in. He's a such a dope act, actor. Um, Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Um, I feel like he has such a 
he has such a presence, um, especially in Jordan, Jordan Peele's films that are just very, 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 very strong. You know, I mean, I think about his his character in Get Out is totally different from his character in, in Nope. Um, and he just is so like, he really knows his characters and he's so in tune with um, their, who they are as people and just how, not only how it develops to the, to the story, but also kind of representing um, a certain type of, of Black man, right? Like I feel like some Black men can, can watch him in these movies and feel like, I feel, I feel connected to that character. I feel like if I was in his shoes, um, you know, I, I would say something like that. Like I remember one of his lines in Get Out was, um, you know, if, I, if I'm around white people too long, I get uncomfortable. You know, I feel like yeah. that's something that <laughs> I think it just felt very relatable, which I think any type of black guy would, uh, or black person would might, might say just in a funny way. Sure. Um, but I would well, we won't overstay our welcome when we come down to Atlanta for the rave. So just let it go. For sure. For sure. For sure. No, but I would say, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, cool. Um, what do you like most about being an indie movie maker? Um, I think putting my voice out there. I think putting my voice out there in a way that um, hasn't been seen before. Um, I feel like, and hopefully this doesn't sound too, too, uh, <laughs> too arrogant, but I do really feel like what I'm, what I'm trying to create, what I'm trying to be a part of, the things I would love to act in, um, they're, they're, they're very simple. But it's like we've been so normalized to see one type of vision. It, it, it's kind of like those little simple things of just switching something around just make a complete big difference. And so I think what I really enjoy about it is just like putting my voice out there, knowing my voice and um, it being being different from from other people, because I feel like that's kind of what attracts people to kind of be like, hey, who is this? this new kid who's out here kind of doing these different things. Um, I, I kind of want to see what this is about and I kind of want to work with him. And I, I feel like you kind of become like that new kind of popular kid in school <laughs> that people just want, kind of want to get to know and uh, be friends. So I think really just kind of learning to hone my voice and identify, identify uh, what my voice is and just being unapologetic about it. Nice. Uh, have you met any of your movie heroes or people you admire uh, in the business? And if so, you know, who did you meet and what was that like? Yeah, no, not, not yet. But we are manifesting that I am, you know, we are manifesting that it's going to happen. Um, that I'm going to be, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on set and everything like that. Um, I think, like I said, um, originally, I, I, I do enjoy the, the, the filmmaking aspect, but I think what really got me into filmmaking was being like, I'm not seeing people who look like me or identify like me. And rather than wait for somebody to do it, why don't I just do it? You know, because if, if I if I wait, you know, who knows how long or if even when it could happen. So um, I'm definitely manifesting. Like I said, I would love to, to, to be, um, to act in the Jordan Peele project um to, to 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 be around people who are similar to that um even i think of um i don't know if you guys saw the 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 re-edition of of candy man um, no i've not seen the original i've not seen it i, I love, really the, I love it. the original but i've not seen the remake you've seen it chop oh yeah remake's fantastic i really it, like it. it 
it's pretty scary too. It's pretty scary and it still kind of has this, of course, with Jordan Peele, right? Um, and side note, this was also the first horror film, mainstream horror film that was directed by a black woman. So that even that was breaking ground, but like just to be in a team of, of people who are really kind of breaking that ground in regards to blackness and horror and telling these different stories, like I really, 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 really hope I can I, um, I can work and, and, and be on set with them. Yeah, that was a refreshing surprise, the, the reimagining remake of that. I, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. I, I was going in that getting my hopes up because a lot of times those are really bad regardless, yeah. you know. And I was really freshly surprised. And yeah, you're right. There are some very scary sequences in mm -hmm. that remake. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because the first one is so creepy, you know, and it builds yeah. on itself. And and, um, you know, it, it it's it's a kind of a slower moving film, but that doesn't bother me. I, I'm okay with yeah. taking the journey, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but it's just so, uh, so visceral, you know, and the story, it's just so horrifying, you know, in, in yeah. a lot of ways and just the image the, the, with the bees coming out of his mouth and just, yeah. that, that yeah. is just a terrifying nightmare, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 100%. So, yeah. yeah. Especially so. if you're allergic to them like me. That is very <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Montag that's available on, uh, I believe prime. Oh, okay. Well, we have Prime, so I'll 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 check it out for sure. So, um, I you know I know when when I was shooting my movies, I mean my movies are comedies, so we're always laughing and goofing around. Yeah. Um, and you're yeah. doing a straight horror film. Yeah. Um, yeah. but still, kind of fun things happen, unexpected things happen, crazy things happen on a set. Uh, mm -hmm. so do you have any like stories that you can share about like something that happened unexpectedly or things that happen in the moment of tension where people just start laughing? You know, anything that kind of like you know, those are the things that make in the blooper reel, you know, as, yeah, as yeah. you know, uh, so can you tell about any kind of fun stories that uh, were happening while you were shooting? Yeah, yeah. So I would say, so when we shot the, um, the trailer and the teaser, it was such, it was just such a weird contrast because it was like, everyone was just so fun and bright and happy. And we all had such a good time, which I was I mean, the team that helped me with this, I'm so grateful for them because, I mean, I'm sure as you guys know, like sometimes when you're on set and you're filming long days, the worst thing you want to deal with is a team crew who has bad attitudes and bad energy. Like it just, it, it can ruin the whole thing. But luckily everybody was really cool um, and, and compatible. So like, it, it was just crazy because like, you know, everyone was really friendly and fun and we were getting the work done, but we were shooting this kind of very dark, intense type of, type of project. So um, I would say like some of the, the, the bloopers, right. That, that would happen would be like, if I was running and I was trying to like, you know, open the door, um, open the door, um, and the door was open when it was supposed to be locked and I like fall through and fall on my face or like, you know, trying to open the window and it's not, I, I'm struggling and we're still rolling. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, like, can we do it? Or, like there was, um, there was a moment when I was, um, I was, I was tied up to the chair, um, because, you know, the killer was, you know, recording me. And before we started, well, actually, while we started filming, um, the guy that plays the killer, his name is Jay. He's like six foot seven. He had the mask on and everything. And I'm like tied up in the chair. And like while we're filming, he just walks up slowly on me while the camera is rolling. And he just starts to give me a lap dance. Like while the camera is rolling, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like five foot seven. And he's like six foot 
six foot um six foot seven and like this tall guy that has the mask on and just that's great no facial expression just starts to to give me a lap dance and starts dancing while we're rolling you know wow so, that's you know, i hope that movie. makes the blooper reel at the end of the movie uh, that's oh. fantastic <laughs> or at least the uh the director's cut you know <laughs> so, right exactly. yeah no no i I, I, I love those scenes, those things that happen where everyone just starts laughing. And, and, and that's, that's, I think, the joy of making a film, indie film. It's like no one's getting paid. You know, we're all here because we want to have a good time. And, yeah. and that, that adds to the, you know, the fun process of shooting. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I love putting the blooper reels on at the end because that's just, yeah. you know, you break the, everyone's just, it, that just kind of shows how much fun it is to kind of do what we do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. no, no, I, I get that. Um, <laughs> I'd like to talk a little bit about your creative process. So yeah. how, how, you know, maybe if you can explain it from, from beginning idea to finished project, how do you go about creating your movie? Yeah, yeah. So I think I definitely first start start off with um, inspiration. Um, and, you know, specifically for He's Watching You, um, of course, it was inspiration from like the 1980s slasher films. But actually, I remember I was watching the I was watching The Strangers, the sequel, um, Pray at Night. Um, and I was watching it and I was like, I really liked how it was set in current day but it kind of had a bit of an 80s aesthetic to it. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the second uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, um, but um, it had a bit of an 80s aesthetic to it in the sense of, you know, one of the main characters was wearing like a, um, a Ramones t-shirt and then the, 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 the music that would be played anytime the killer was close, um, it, it would be like an, an, a, a rock song from the 80s. So it was like these very kind of slight nod to the 80s. Um, and so I'll say all that to say, it, it really comes from um, me kind of watching the film and me thinking, oh, like, what would it look like if it was this or this type of storyline or, 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 you know, maybe making a difference. So it definitely comes from thinking uh, what I've already seen before um, since I love horror. Um, and then from there, kind of thinking about, okay, what's the storyline? What, what would this center on? Um, and then really kind of creating the, the uh, writing out the log line. And um, once I write that out, just really kind of everything I write from there in the script, just making sure it's connecting to whatever that log line is or whatever the engine is um of of the project and um you know i think about the characters in it right um i think i think about you know who these characters are what their background is um what the story is outside of this just being a horror project um because i think of course we love the we love the screaming and the running and the stabbing and the gore but i feel like a lot of really good movies especially horror movies they have that but then they have like story B, which is kind of like the real kind of situation, right? Um, if we think about Scream, of course, the real human situation um, in that film was we have a 17-year-old who's dealing with the fact that her, her mom is dead and was murdered and just the, 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 the gossip that came around that and things like that. So just kind of dealing with that on a human basis of I'm, I'm a teenager and I just lost my mom and there's a lot of um, you know, gossip around that. And I don't know how to deal with that. On top of now you're dealing with this mass killer that's trying to kill you and your friends. Yeah, and then trying so, to navigate the com complexities of high school, you know, when, whenever, when you exactly. feel like you're the only one who doesn't have their shit together. 
Exactly. You know, exactly. right, right, exactly. So basically yeah. having, having a subplot, you know, you got plot A, you got plot B under, yeah. underlined. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. so yeah, so really kind of putting that in there, and so once I know the the who the characters are, um, their backstory, um, I kind of just do a, a quick little outline of how I want it to go, um, just like bullet point by bullet point, and then once I kind of have this completed outline bullet point, I just start just start typing, just start writing. Nice, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other genres of movies uh, that you would like to to make after after this is finished? Um, I feel like, so I really like A24, um, and I really like what they do in regards to, like, drama, um, so I feel like it would be fun to maybe explore maybe, like, a, a drama, thriller, maybe suspense type of film, maybe not straight horror, but, um, one of the short films um, that uh, uh, that that I produced um, and, and starred in before I, I did He's Watching You um, is called Vengeance. Um, it's a black and white uh, type of noir film, but basically it's about a ex-Marine that seeks revenge on the man that killed his fiance in a hate crime. Mm. So I really wanted it to kind of have that Kill Bill, Quentin Tarantino type feel. Um, but kind of put power in the hands of someone who is um, stereotyped to always be the oppressed. I felt like you always hear about, you know, hate crimes against, you know, the, the, queer, the queer community, but you never hear anything spoken about in regards to someone from that community actually getting revenge or the, the oppressor now being the oppressed and the victim and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, I would definitely love to kind of explore also that kind of drama thriller type of um, genre as well. Nice. All right. Um, it's going to seem like an odd question, but I've got a bunch, I got a, the handful of questions I have left are just kind of all over the place. Yeah. So, you're fine. so here we go. Who's your favorite, who's your favorite cartoon character? My favorite cartoon character. Favorite cartoon character. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Winnie the Pooh. I'm gonna go with Winnie the Pooh. You know, he just just seemed to have such, such a very chill, free form life. Just ate honey all the time. Was <laughs> yeah. Out in the woods. I mean, yeah. yeah just, it, it was just easy. He was with his friends. He had his crew. Like it just, just, just happy. Like who, who, who. Wouldn't want that, so I'm gonna go with yeah. All he had to sweat was where his next jar of honey was coming from, pretty much. That's you know, it. it's like you know, his shirt didn't go down all the way, it didn't bother it him. Did. It's like <laughs> I'm naked from my belly down, who cares? There you go, nice. Uh, what is your favorite movie snack? I'm not gonna say popcorn because I think that's too. too too traditional um i'm going to say sour patch kids oh nice all right sour patch kids yeah if a biopic is made of your life who would you want to play you um Gosh, I forgot. I forgot his name. Um, he's in. He's in Stranger Things. Gosh, he's the um, the, the 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 black kid. Um, oh, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
I, Gosh, I can't remember I forgot, his name. I, can't remember. I forgot yeah. his name. Um, but I, I've seen some of his work in Stranger Things. I think he's a dope actor. Um, and I feel like he would probably be able to, you know, maybe give my life a, a fun little, fun little thrill. So I would say, I would say, I would go with him. I would go with nice. him. Nice. All right. Um, I think you probably have already answered this, but I'll ask anyway. Um, who's your bucket list celebrity to meet? Outside of Jordan Peele, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Issa Rae. I'm gonna say, and, and, and Issa Rae is like not even <laughs> Issa Rae isn't even 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 horror, right? She's a, a totally different lane. But I love Issa Rae. I love who she is. And I love her content because very similar to Jordan Peele, she is someone who was just like, hey, I'm going to create this content um, to represent people who look like me, but who I haven't seen identified before, I'm gonna make it real, I'm gonna make it authentic and hope people relate to it, hope an audience relates to it. And now she's like this, you know, she had her own um, hit show on, on HBO, Insecure, which was awesome. I, I love Insecure. Um, as an actor, I would love to be in a, in a show like Insecure as well. Um, um, she's out here producing other content um, and, 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 and whatnot. So um, I would say, I would definitely say Issa Rae. All right. What would you tell your childhood self about being a movie producer? What would I tell myself? I would say um, don't listen to those inner negative thoughts that may be in your head or that may come from outside people um, based on, you know, just who you are. And just remember to move through all of these spaces, acting, writing, directing, uh, just all those spaces, just move through those spaces as a bad bitch. Hey, it's, you know, hey, there's a reason why we have two middle fingers and so we don't wear the one out, you know? Exactly. (laughs) There we go. Nice. You know, we're all fans of something. Uh, You know, all of us are movie fans here. do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia that, you know, you bought at a convention or that someone gave to you or that you, you bought somewhere? Do you, do you have something that reminds you of what it is that you like about horror movies? Oh, um, I don't, I don't think, so I don't think I have anything anything recent, I think I more so got into it when I started like um, getting into He's Watching You. I was like looking at like different masks to get. Um, and fun fact, the, the the knife that is used in the trailer, in the film is actually a replica of the same knife that was used in um, Halloween 2, the sequel. Oh, so, <laughs> okay, so, cool. So, awesome. Yeah, so- Someone's was, gonna so, spot that, you know, someone's gonna say, yeah. hey, that knife looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say I think doing this film and try to find like the just those different things, like the knife and the mask, and seeing how these things kind of um, correlated to some of you know my favorite horror films. It felt kind of cool. It made me feel like, hey, I'm really taking aspects of these movies that I love and that I enjoy and that are inspiring, inspiring me to do this project, and I'm taking a little piece um, from them, um, even. One of the uh, main characters, and he's watching you, the, the couple, my character, his name is Sydney. 
that's the old oh. screen. Yeah, there you go. You know, because that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know. So like the the, the first kind of horror film that I, that that I watched, um, it being screaming me thinking, hey, like, what if Sydney? It, Sydney can be a male's name, you know, like taking that type of little little old. So so yeah. Nice. All right. We're down to just a few questions left, Isaiah. So um, when you're not making movies, what kinds of things do you do for fun? So if I'm not doing that, if I'm not, you know, acting and, um, you know, uh, making films, um, I do enjoy going to the gym. I do like to work out. But that's because in my head, I feel like one day I'm going I'm to I'm book a role and I'm going to be like a uh, a black queer version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I just, <laughs> nice. I gotta, I'm mentally preparing my body for that role. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but um, outside of that, um, I actually also enjoy um, dancing. Um, fun fact, before I even got into acting and filmmaking, I was, I was a dancer. I was a dance major in college, grew up dancing, did things around, you know, Debbie Allen Dance Academy and stuff like that. So um, I, I transitioned into film because I felt like I could say more and do more. Um, but, you know, I still still enjoy dancing, having a good time. I mean, I'm throwing a rave tonight. Why, I mean, why would I not enjoy it? Yeah. I just had an idea. Like, if you ever do a parody film or a comedy horror, yeah. the, the character, the main character has to be able to use dance moves to beat the, the you know, the bad guy up. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, or there is a dance off. You know, there, there has to be a dance off, something like that. You know, oh yeah. Like a dance off between me and like Freddy Krueger or something. Right. Like that. Like <laughs> We're going to rave to the grave. You know, right. dancing in it and everything. Yeah. Yeah, right. that would that would be great. Um, I would totally, I would totally want to see that movie. Um, uh, are you watching anything good on streaming services on Netflix, Prime, Hulu? Uh, what are you watching? What am I watching? What am I watching? So it's not, it's not horror related, um, but it's um, Issa Rae. It, she has a new show called out. She has a new show out. It's called, uh, it's called Rap Shit. Um, and basically it's just about these, um, two girls who, um, are in a rap duo and they're just trying to make it in Miami, in the, in the, in the pop culture of Miami. Um, but the reason I love it so much because it just feels so authentic and real and, and speaking to a certain demographic is kind of like, once again, wow, like this feels like me and my friends are, I, I've seen this scenario before. Um, so it, you know, it really ties back to what I was saying earlier, just in regards to filmmaking and acting and representation. I think when you're able to see things that feel very authentic to, to you um, as an audience member, as a group, it just hits really heavy because it's like representation. So mm -hmm. really like rap shit. It's a, it's, it's a really fun, uh, relatable show. Far from horror, the furthest thing from horror, but um, but it's it's definitely a fun, relatable show for sure. Okay, what's the one thing almost no one knows about you? Oh gosh, revealing secrets on the air. Oh my. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I hope my parents don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> one thing, one thing. Mm. I mean, if you're all out there, that's fine too. You know, I mean, maybe you don't have any secrets. Um, I would say 
<laughs> I would say that when I am home alone, I put on, if, if I just need a, a pick me up, I'll just like put on a private concert by myself. I'll put on like a Prince song and then in my head I'm Prince and I'm just dancing and performing. Like, it's just, I feel like it's like a creative outlet. Like sure. I find freedom and like being creative and I, I find freedom in, in, in fantasy and in, in creativity, which is why I think I enjoy acting and filmmaking so much. So sometimes I'll just, you know, to pick myself up, I'll just, you know, put on a song and in my head, I am that person. I'm putting on a concert. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> You can, okay. you can Vogue Isaiah. Let's go. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Chop Top can't wear that lacy stuff like he used to, like Madonna does, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll try. Yeah, maybe back in the day. <laughs> um, all right. The last couple of questions, Isaiah. When is he's watching you coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, with this project, um, I, I'm going to be doing this, um, the, the crowdfunding route. Um, if people don't know what crowdfunding is, like your listeners, um, crowdfunding is basically literally what it sounds like, getting funding from a community, getting funding from a crowd to um, help produce a project. Um, it's really important for me to um, get crowdfunding for this project because as you guys saw, like the, with the trailer, my biggest thing for this is I want it to be of, of, of quality because I feel like if a story like this is done right, um, it, people will really be like, oh, wow, like this is different. Like I, I want to invest in this or this is something we haven't seen before. So um, and just the, the, the crew that's involved with it. Um, of course, you know, their rate as well. So it's really important for me to, to do crowdfunding for this. So I, so I say that to say, um, I'm working on the campaign right now, finalizing it and planning to have um, it be released and live um, late September, early October. So pretty much the fall Halloween time frame is when the campaign is going to be live and um, you know, being able to receive donations and things along those lines. So say that to say, um, have the campaign be live for about a month and a half, two months, you know, October, um, November, um, manifesting that I will um, get, you know, the, the, the funds needed to really kind of create this into a full short film. I would see us filming in the spring and planning to, you know, have a release in September um, and, you know, putting her out to film festivals around the Halloween timeframe next year. That's excellent. So I want to, um, what crowdfunding platform will you be using? Will you be using, um, which one are you going to be using? Yeah. Uh, again, so people um, want to contribute. Yeah. yeah. I want to say, how can they help you get this movie going? Totally. Where, where can they go to throw their totally. money at you and say, take my money. I want my movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, no. So um, Seed and Spark is the platform I'm going to be using for He's Watching You. Um, once again, uh, listeners, Seed, Seed and Spark, He's Watching You. Um, and what I really like about Seed and Spark is their whole goal really is to um, help filmmakers really um, 
gain donations to produce their film. So what it is, you create the campaign, you send it to them, they then review it, and then based on what your, you know, what the budget is and, and what you need, they, they then send you back um, some comments and critique and say, hey, we suggest that you do it this way, or maybe add this, or maybe make this more clear. Um, and research shows that people who follow our comments and critique um, usually get the funding that they need. Um, so Studio Spark is what I'm going to be using. Um, and once they kind of give me the feedback on the campaign, um, of course, uh, make, make it live. If anyone does want to just kind of stay um, up to date with just kind of what's going on currently um, before the campaign becomes live, we do have in the Instagram page as well. He's watching you film. Um, of course, you guys follow it, so I'm sure you can include that. Um, sure. They probably the text and whatnot, but um, if you want to follow that Instagram page, you, you definitely can. But um, but yeah, definitely in the fall, it's going to be um, Halloween. Halloween time is going to be live on Student Spark. Nice. And then eventually it'll come out like on a straight-to-video release or like a DVD <laughs> or will it yeah. be so in the format of streaming? Yeah, my goal for this is actually I really want to push this in on the um, short film festival route. Um, I really want to push this to a lot of film festivals, major film festivals that at that, like Tribeca and Sundance, because I do feel that with the subject matter of it, if it's done in a in a very professional way, I truly feel like it's going to gain a lot of attention. Like mm -hmm. that's just kind of how I feel. I um, think so. And just just in my head like I feel like somebody like a Jordan Pill or an A24 would look at this and be like this idea was dope as a short film now let's see what this is like as a full as a full film yeah um and so my goal I, you know definitely nothing against you know putting out putting it out on streaming services but the goal for this is to get it to have more uh, publicity and more notoriety mm -hmm. and really pushing out to some of these major film festivals well, that's right. awesome no I love that um so if you ever do run into jordan peel you know just yeah. put a good word in for us just say hey oh, I, I know oh, these guys uh yeah you wanna... here, here <laughs> that's right this. that's right yeah um no that's good so <clears throat> the last thing i would like to ask you uh is if you wouldn't mind doing a bumper for us for the show like this is isaiah rice if he's watching you and you are watching and listening to heavy metal horror would you would you mind doing that something yeah like that for us? of course yes excellent yes, yes, all right yes. i'll let you have it all right so what's up, everybody? My name is Isaiah Rice. I'm an actor, writer, producer. I love horror. I fucking love it. And I mean, you're listening to what? Like the one of the best horror podcasts out there right now? I mean, tell your friends, tell your family. Like, it, it's amazing. If, if you don't know about it, get into it. It's the Heavy Metal Horror Podcast, y'all. Excellent. Thank, thank you. you. That, thank that's you. like one of the best bumpers we've ever had. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> thank you. That's so um, Isaiah, thank you so much for spending an hour with us, uh, hour and 15 minutes, and, and just having uh, such a wonderful conversation and telling us all about the, yourself and your movie. Uh, this has been a really wonderful time. We, we've really enjoyed to get to know, uh, getting to know you. Yes, yes. Thank you guys so much. Um, I had a, such a good time. Um, it was great to, to talk about the film, to talk about the project, to, to talk about my love for, for horror. Um, I'll definitely keep you guys posted offline as well in regards to the campaign and things along those lines. And 
yeah, this this was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I feel like I'm like really pepped up now for the rave later. So it's just yeah, today's gonna be a good day. It's, it's gonna be a yeah, good day. Yeah, you need that energy. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, we have we have we uh we've been doing a lot more music shows lately a lot yeah. of interviews um but we're you know now we're entering into the fall we'll be doing more horror stuff but we, we try to do a balance music horror you know so mm-hmm. um you know you're welcome back anytime if you just want to mm-hmm. sit in and talk about horror films um yeah subject so you're, you're, join yeah. us in uh, yeah you're more than you're more than welcome to join us anytime awesome. you know so you you are a true horror fan you know your stuff and uh which is great because like you're one of us you know like, yes <laughs> you fit in so well you know so that's so great so well we're going to do our commercial and we're going to get out of here awesome sounds good you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com listen to full episodes or download to your device you can find us on facebook heavy metal horror podcast on instagram look for montag lewis one word our youtube page heavy metal horror podcast don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button and we're now on roku Hotel Metal Jam. And if you know someone who would like us, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Chopped up. And you've been watching and listening to. All right, Isaiah, bring up the horns. All right. Heavy metal horror. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>